0: Welcome, everyone, to this week's edition of Behind the Braves, the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. I'm your host, Atlanta Braves Digital Media Content Manager Ricky Mast, my co-host, Greg McMichael, we're giving him the week off. He's been working hard and a little under the weather, so we're going to give him this week off, but fear not, he'll be back with us uh, next week. In the meantime, I- I've brought in one of, I-, I think I can say this on behalf of everybody in this front office, one of the most well-liked and just favorite people that's here in our Atlanta Braves front office, Jonathan Taylor. He is the Bill Bartholomew Fellow. The Bill Bartholomew Fellowship, that's a program that's was started recently here with the Braves, and you'll hear JT, uh, That's as I, as you hear me him jonathan taylor again that's his name but i we we all call him jt around here he will uh, tell you about that and what that fellowship uh, entails but jonathan he's got one heck of a story so he grew up playing baseball really really good baseball player really fast baseball player went on to play at the university of georgia and until a an accident that he had on the field there at georgia changed his life changed the course of his life forever and so he is just one of the most inspirational people you ever meet just one of the nicest people you'll ever meet if you've come to Braves games uh, before he was the Bill Bartholomew fellow Jonathan was on Braves game day staff and was out there in the ballpark meeting and talking with folks and so some of you listening have probably met JT and probably know just how great of a dude he is so uh, without further ado let's get right into it here he is Jonathan Taylor. Well, JT, thank you so much for taking the time to to join us here or join me here on Behind the Braves. I'm so accustomed to saying us because Greg and I are, are usually in here together, but uh, he'll be back with us next week. But just so excited to have you on. So I, I want to get through your whole story. Uh, I'll back up and say that last month here in the front office, our DEI and i culture committee Uh, put on an event for all of us in the front office it was marking the anniversary of the American the signing of the Americans with Disabilities Act and you're one of the panelists along with Katie Hearn who we've had on this show and uh and Andy from uh from Ticket Operations the three of you spoke and you were just you were so great and I loved hearing your story and that you were so open with everything so I thought you know as long as you're cool with it we need to hear more Braves we need to have all the Braves fans that could hear your story as well so thank you for taking the time to be here
1: well I appreciate you for uh giving me the honored to be on the podcast with you today uh and thank you about my story um yeah I, mean, yeah I mean that was a great thing that we did together all three of us um you know it took a lot of courage for all of us especially you know for um, you know yeah again just all three yeah. of us it was just amazing to give our stories and just let people you know give them a little insight on you know what life was like after our you know pre you know pre-injuries because you know we all had a life before our injuries Mm -hmm. and um you know we're all thankful just to be here so yeah
0: yeah. absolutely we're thankful to have you here so we'll we'll back up I want to start just because you're I mean you're a baseball player I was curious because I don't know this about you I've gotten to know you a little bit but I was curious growing up did you have a favorite baseball player growing up
1: yes uh specifically I mean I, I mean I could yeah. I mean, I had Ricky Henderson was my oh, yeah. favorite player. I mean, Were you fast? Yes. And, you know, yeah. I, I, wasn't, I, didn't have, I didn't have the height. So, you know, I definitely had to rely on my speed. So, and um, at one point, you know, I used to be able to hit home runs when I was younger, but then I lost it. I don't know what happened. <laughs> you know, and then, uh, I mean, I was just always told, you know, look, you know, the most important thing was just for me to get on base. So, that was a... Uh, that I took that you know took home with that and just stuck with stuck with it and you know stole a lot of bases at a young age and uh you know just got faster so I really you know I enjoyed that so then Ricky Henderson you know I mean he had the power but I mean just watching him running bases you know around you know at my age watching him was just amazing on like how aggressive he was yeah that's what I love about like what we're
0: seeing Ronald Acuna do this year and just the new rules this year. I love that that element's coming back into the game. We're getting to see guys run again. We're getting to see athletes do
1: their thing and be
0: athletes. It's great to see. It's fun, isn't it?
1: Right. No, I agree with you 100%. I mean, it's amazing you know, it's the bring back the stealing, you know, stealing the bags back to the game, you know, where, you know, at the, at, the to, at the time, like for the last five years, it was really about, you know, just power. And, you know, now teams have to, you know, adjust and, you know, actually implement all the other things to the game that actually made the game pretty interesting you know and not just power so I mean you can give anybody an you know, opportunity to you know, play in the big leagues you know short tall you know fat slow I mean you know yeah, yeah. you know all, all all the above I love
0: that there's always been like in the postseason every year most teams will get one guy that maybe they didn't they weren't on the roster much during the regular season but then the postseason they got one guy that's on the bench that can run, that can run fast. And they and so I like that, and I always like that element, that there was that element in the postseason, and I like that we're bringing that back into the game year-round now because I, like you, Ricky Henderson was one of those, he was one of the dudes when I was growing up. Sure. Uh, I mean, when I was growing up, it was, I mean, I was always a Braves fan, so, like, David Justice was, but like, Ron Gantt. Terry Pendleton, Dave Justice was my guy, right. but my buddies, like if they weren't Braves fans, I mean, it was a lot of people were Ken Griffey Jr. fans. You know, we had a lot of Fred McGriff fans on on the Braves side too. But Ricky Henderson was always there at the top of the list for everybody for that reason. I mean, he was just so exciting to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, so, I mean,
1: yeah, it didn't matter, you know, who, what team you rooted for. I feel like everybody was like, you know, a fan of Ricky Henderson. You know, like, I mean, like you said, you know, Ken Griffey Jr. I enjoyed him too, but I knew that wasn't my game. Right, and I'd like. Sort of I felt like I could implement my game Like m- more like Ricky Henderson Than you know Like most people were, You know They were Really were Like Ken Griffey Jr. Fans mm-hmm. You know Because he hit the long ball Like all the time right. You know I mean Watch those home run derbies, and it was just amazing. I mean, he yeah. did three in a row. Oh yeah, I believe, yeah. So I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was amazing. It was and, amazing. You know, and then the bat and then uh, when everybody wears their hat backwards. Oh yeah, you yeah. Know, he brought that around. So absolutely. So when when did you first start playing baseball? So I didn't start playing till I was about eight years old. You okay. know, so previous to that, you know, I mean, started playing sports at seven, um, was playing basketball, but then you know, got in, you know, got, got into baseball, played rake ball, you know, at eight years old, and then you know, travel ball started for me at a young age at ten years old. So that was pretty eventful. Um, then after that, you know, sky's the limit, you know, it was yeah. just you know, travel ball. Where did you Where did you grow up? Where Where were you playing? Was it around here, or was it somewhere somewhere else yeah, in Georgia? Yeah, so Cobb County, you know, oh, in Cobb County. Uh, okay. yeah, yeah, So I mean, everybody knows East Cobb, so. I had the opportunity to play at East Cobb uh, when I got to high school. You know, so because, you know, I feel like, you know, East Cobb had that, you know, that name for, you know, if you wanted to, you know, take your career to the next level, that was like the place to go mm-hmm. at that time. You know, now it's different. You know, everybody has an opportunity. You know, they can play wherever and still get that shine to, you know, make it to collegiate level or the, you know, the majors. You right. know, so, but like, yeah, I mean, it was just a great opportunity at that time for East Kyle. Were you mostly
0: an outfielder or pretty much always an outfielder?
1: Yeah, I was an outfielder, um, pretty much an outfielder the whole time, unfortunately, because I was left-handed and I was short. And, you know, I, I mean, I could run fast. So I was like, the pitching opportunity was out of the window, playing first base, couldn't do that. So then the left-handed, you know, me, me being left-handed, I wish I could have thrown right-handed. They would have given me a lot more opportunities. But, uh, you know, yeah, just being left-handed and just being fast. The outfit was the only thing I had for me. I mean, I remember when I was younger, I got the chance to play catcher. And that was pretty cool. I mean, I would love to see a left-handed catcher. Yeah. You know? (laughs) Right? That'd be cool. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So, but no, yeah. Yeah. Yep, that was about it, yeah.
0: So at what point did you start realizing, like, hey, I can I not only go play in college, but, like, I, I could play at a, at a big-time, like, D1 program. When did that first start becoming realistic? Or, or was that always your goal?
1: Yeah, uh, well, my goal was, like, you know, anybody else um, at a young age, especially when you're in high school, you know, when you realize you have the opportunity to get drafted and go, you know, play play in the minors and, you know, make, your, make an opportunity to get up to the majors. Uh, that was always my dream. But, uh, you know, when college, you know, when I realized a lot of people actually doubted me, you know, they didn't really think because, you know, I was so short. I didn't have the opportunity to actually, like, probably make it to a big college or even, you know, minor leagues, you know, any of, the, any of that kind of stuff. And, you know, I always kept, you know, I always had that... Uh <laughs> I always had that like edge on you know I always kept that edge to make you know that always pushed me you know cuz it was just like you know what you know the odds are against me you know um short you know don't have the much that most that much power but you know I can make up for it for you know different ways to you know to make a difference in the game and i realized like honestly i realized i could be like i could compete Honestly, when I was like sixteen, okay, yes, I felt like that because what I liked again, like what I liked about East Cobb was like we competed against teams that were two years older than us, you know. Mm -hmm. So like we played in like really like big tournaments, so that really like prepared us. You know, for the collegiate level or, you know, levels uh, above that. So it was like we had no fear against playing against guys older than us that were throwing 90 plus. You know, you don't see that a lot, especially in high school. You don't see that a lot. But like during the summer, it's very competitive. So you had no you had no room for um, air. So, and then also, you know, just going back, just being an African American, I really feel like, you know, you're pushed against the wall. So you, like, you had, like I said, you have a small margin of error of making mistakes so you really want to prove to people that you know i can compete with anybody
0: it sounds like you had a lot that you used to fuel you which is great i mean that's just i think that's a great attitude just to have in life like using using people that doubt you or using those adversities or things that or maybe somebody might hold against you using that as fuel i mean that's That's wonderful. I think that's great for any of us and anything we're doing in life. That's wonderful. Oh yeah, definitely. Yes, sir. So at what point did you decide, okay, I'm going to Georgia, I'm going to Georgia to play ball. How did that process play out?
1: Ooh. So, um, (laughs) right. So it was like for me, my family, you know, it's not really big for like most of us actually go to like a, you know, a big time, you know, college or any, any, if anything, you know, just going to school in general and, you know, just having that opportunity to go to UGA at that time. It was just like one of those quick moments where it's just like hey. You know, I get the I get the chance to go to UGA, so I was like, "Mm, "Go ahead and sign the papers now." You know, go ahead and let's do it. You know, because it's like again, you know, we don't. I don't mean my family. We don't really get that opportunity to have that privilege to you know play for a big time school, especially for the University of Georgia. You know, Georgia and how big it is, and I really didn't realize how big Georgia was until I got there. You know, so. Um, when I got there, I got completely brainwashed, and you know, <laughs> been a dog ever since my life. Ever since, yes, sir. Well, I'm, uh,
0: I, you know, I got married earlier this year, and my wife is a bulldog, and so I've also been getting brainwashed. I'm trying to brainwash her into being a Virginia Cavaliers fan. We, we compromise. So I've got, she's gotten me some Georgia T-shirts, and I've gotten her some Virginia stuff. So it's, it's we're making it worse. But I, I know how that brain. I can see how that brainwashed. Oh yeah, goes. for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, then
1: you know, like when you live in Georgia, it's a little, you know then Athens isn't too far especially if you go up there enough times you're like okay it's not the bed of a ride yeah you yeah. know so but it's just like the atmosphere and you know just what you're surrounded by I mean it just makes it just more loving right. to be around
0: sure so how was i mean you, you get started at georgia and uh how was it playing just as a member of that team was it was it fun did you enjoy it was it grind i mean how was that uh leading up to the accident how was your experience there
1: uh i mean i have no doubt i mean i have no no doubts about like not even doubts but just like you know i enjoyed every moment at UGA um yeah, ever, ever since i got on campus uh again the grind was amazing um i love i love how you know we approach you know getting ready for the season and just just like, just like when once you got on campus, you knew you were competing for a position. You know, uh, we had one of the highest classes going into that year. You know, especially in two thousand eight when they went to the College World Series. You know, the next year when our you know recruiting class was like amazing. And again, you know, again I, I always implement the the height difference for me. You know, I was the shortest one and being an outfielder, and there's like five plus outfielders, you know, I had to compete against. So it's just like starting from that fall, like once you get on campus, you know, you know, it's, it's going to be a grind. And, you know, again, I'm just thankful for being able to, you know, to make it through all those, you know, obstacles and then having the opportunity to play you know, college, you know, collegiate baseball my freshman year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, honestly, we had like five of us that played, we got the chance to play our freshman year. And, um, that was, that was an amazing opportunity. And, um, Again, I mean, I got the chance to play, and I mean, I had a really, really good start to the season. And then, you know, flattened out a little bit, but still, that's hey, baseball. It happens you know, exactly. You know, yeah. it's like you start off hot, and you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of things start happening. You're like, all right, you know, this is good, but then again, baseball, you know, there's a lot of adjustments mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, I mean, again, it's a humbling game, and but again, I enjoyed every moment and just, you know, kept pushing. So let's let's talk about the accident that happened and what year were you uh, at that point? I was a junior at that at that time that was two thousand eleven. Two thousand
0: eleven. Two thousand eleven, okay. yeah. So yeah. that was my junior year. And so and so what happened that day? Was it, it was a collision with you and your teammate?
1: Yeah, so yeah, it was a collision with me and my teammate, um, Zach Cohn. Yeah, I go ahead and give him a shout out. Woo woof. So <laughs> <Zach. laughs> right. Exactly. But uh yeah, um, unfortunately we had a collision. Um, I got the bad end of it, but uh that was against Florida State on a Sunday, you know, which I mean I mean, now that I think about it, you know, it's some weird but cool moment is like, you know, first day, you know, Friday, you know, we lost. You know, we were coming back on that Friday. Uh lost like I think like 6 to 5 or something like that. But then on the on the Saturday, you know, we came back out, you know, believing, you know, we got we actually got a good chance against Florida State cuz Florida State was pretty um ranked pretty high. Yeah. And yeah, you know, so it was like you know they had some really good players. But uh we you know, we didn't let that uh we didn't let this stop us you know we had a we, you know we fought that day and uh you know what a uh, moment for me is is that you know I actually had the chance to hit like you know one of the you know, game the game sacrifice hit that game you know the the first guy got it a triple Peter Burton but uh <laughs> right those shout outs that's stuff. right hey shout them all out you know you know he hit a triple you know start he start the game off with a triple I think it was like the. Seventh inning, eighth inning, or something like that. But yeah, you know, he hit a triple down on you know third base line. You know, everybody was hyped and everything like that. You know, I'm hyped. I'm like, let's go. You know what I mean? So, but uh, long story short, you know, um, uh, I really felt like I was really finding myself at that moment. But you know, when I when uh, when I had the opportunity to hit, I, I hit the ball really good. But you know, it was a great hit. And um, but fortunately, it was a line dra- it was a line drive to somebody. But now the outfield, but it was a sacrifice fly. Guy scored. You know. Long story short again, you know, we end up winning that game. But then that Sunday, you know, morning, you know, we're feeling good. We're coming in for the rubber match and stuff like that. And uh, you know, um, uh, third inning, I think it was like that. But yeah, I mean we're you know, we're fighting against them, and then um, you know, I'm playing center field, Zach's playing left field, and then, you know, that ball was just hit right in that area. You know, of course, you know, we're all told to call the ball, but at that moment, it was just like I'm gonna get that ball, you know, what I mean? I'm sprinting, you know, cause it's like a low line drive. So I always call it the Bermuda triangle, but it was, it was right. like, you know, between the center field, left fitter and uh shortstop and, you know, just running it in and, uh, you know, being aggressive, you know, cause you know, it's just in our nature and, uh, trying to get the baseball. And unfortunately, um, uh, everything has happened so quickly, uh, you know, I just hit, you know, I collided with my teammate, uh, my head hit his hip and you know, I did like a 180, but I was awake and, um, I was just like, oh man, what happened? I was just in the shock and stuff like that, but uh, yeah, I was in the shock and I was just like, dang, I really can't move. I was like, I don't know what's going on, you know. But then, you know, when it, when it started settling in and just realizing how hopeless I was, like not being able to move, really, you know, sat into me and I was just like, dang, like. I'm really, had, like, I don't know what's going on, but, you know, I wasn't worried at the moment until, you know, went to the hospital, and, you know, the whole circumstances changed, especially when uh, what I was told, you know, what had happened. I was like, wow. So um, after that, went through rehab. Um, after having surgery and everything, got transferred to Shepherd Center. Uh, Shepherd Center um, is in Atlanta. You know, got transferred out there, and uh, they really, uh, like, after all that happened, I mean, I was, you know, I was devastated. Of course, you know, anybody would in, they, in a situation like that. And, uh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm confident in everything. Telling my teammates, hey, I'll be there in two weeks, man. Don't worry, yeah. I'll be back. Not realizing how, you know, serious this, you know, the circumstance was. But and, uh, and what were the, like, the actual, the specific
0: injury that you had suffered?
1: So, like, you know, I had suffered a spinal cord injury. So I mm-hmm. had broke my, you know, broke my neck and uh, it was fractured. So... I had suffered a C5, C6, you know, injury in my neck. And uh, I realized, you know, me, just going through the rehab was just, you know, mind-blowing because it's like I literally had to, like, work on building strength in my neck again, not realizing how heavy the neck is, you know. I think they told me it's like 10 pounds, but 10 pounds literally felt like a ton to me. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, you know, but just, you know, just going through that, you know, going through that was a a tough moment for me, you know. you know, I didn't want to talk to anybody. I mean, yeah. you know, like, again, like you go through that situation, it's like, all right, there's no point in talking to anybody right now. It's like, all I want to do is rehab. It's like, honestly, I didn't even want to talk to the therapist, but I give credit for the therapist at Shepherd Center because it's like, You know, they. There were so many people. There, there, there were so many different circumstances, and don't really And help those. Help those that get hurt. Get out of their situations. Build. You know, to help them overcome the situation that they're in, and how how to overcome. Overcome, but also just how to adapt to their. You know, life now because, you know, you you might not have been in that situation for a while, but literally not in a while but just like yeah you've never been in that situation so it's like how do i adjust you know to the circumstances and i really give like shepherd center um uh, big props to honestly getting like honestly just me or just anybody in general you know the courage to you know work work on what they need to to uh to honestly just to uh to live you know in living uh the life that we are in today, you know, and mm-hmm. just continue just to make adjustments, like figuring things out so you can just live your life. So my, I
0: mentioned my wife was a fellow UGA student, something else that you have in common or she hasn't come with you. So while she was at UVA, uh, well, UVA, <laughs> look at me, uh, UGA, uh, she, she had a, an accident she was crossing the street and got, uh, got hit by a car. Um, had a traumatic brain injury, uh, very very close to dying I mean her parents were called and they said the doctors told them just to hurry up and get there because she wasn't going to make it uh, thank God she did uh, but she also ended up at Shepherd Center and and everything you're describing it's kind of how she's because de- she and I didn't know each other at that point but it's it's how she's described that to me and so it's just it's always it's really powerful to hear that so I'm getting emotional sitting here talking <laughs> about it um, right. but so so you're there and you, you've you're starting to turn that... I guess mentally, you're starting to turn a little bit of a... Or what point do you start turning the corner of like, okay... Because you mentioned earlier, you know, you and I can tell in the way you talk, you've got that mindset of like people are going to doubt me or doubt that I can do this, or I can do this other thing or that, like, is there some point at which you start going, okay, this is not going to define me. Like I'm going to press on. I mean, I, I, I just can't imagine how hard that had to be. Cause I would think your whole life, you know, you're, you've got this one dream, you're going to be a baseball player. And then it's just taken away from you like that. I can't imagine. I mean, you said you didn't want to talk to anybody. I can't, I, right. I would imagine. I, I, I can't put myself in your shoes, but I would imagine that's how I want to, that's how I would be too. At what point did you start going okay like i'm going to i'm going to pivot from this and i'm gonna i'm gonna fight on
1: uh honestly um just like i would just say just like having the support you know like just from fans family uh you know again outside friends inside friends like and then people the therapists and all that stuff really just you know sort of just like made me realize i just need to focus on therapy and just do that, and then you know, you know, whatever outcome happens, you know, just go along with it. And but just honestly, just have keeping a positive attitude. Again, like I say, it helped that it helped that I have a lot of friends and friend families and family members and stuff like that to keep me in a positive mindset. But also, I just didn't want to, you know, I mean, I just had, I always had that personality. Just I'm an optimistic person. Um, like even to this day, like even though I'm not walking, I still like still optimistic like one day hey you know maybe that big toe is like woo you know move yeah, go, right. you know, <laughs> right. like, oh shit you know <laughs> you know so you know I'm, I'm always be optimistic until you know you know I'm, I'm no longer here but you know um again I'm just you know thankful for the support I've always had and then also just having God in my corner really helps a lot you know so and then I'm not gonna let my situation you know dictate you know what I can do in life I mean I I let that you know get me down a little bit I mean like any person I feel like I really shouldn't you know be hard on myself for that you know just because you know it happens it could happen to anybody but also just you know having a a great outlook on life and not you know thinking about the negative things but just thinking about as many positive things that you can do and just realizing you know even though i might be in a wheelchair i still have an opportunity to probably you know possibly change people's perspective on life and i mean i realize most people have more you know they have more struggles in life than I might have, even though I'm in the wheelchair and they can walk. You know, so it's like, oh, and then I've always seen people worse than me too. So it's just like, you know what? I'm not gonna, you know, feel bad for myself. You know, I'm gonna do best to make a difference. You know, whether that's, you know, on the field or off the field. You know, mm-hmm. so that's that's how I take it. That's how I, um sort of pretty much look at life now a little bit.
0: Yeah. Well, you exude that every single day in this office. I mean, I I don't think I've ever seen you without a smile on your face. So, <laughs> so let's. So um, we'll get to your you coming to work with the Braves. Uh, did I read somewhere? And you tell me if I read wrong. Did you did you teach for a little bit before you? Uh with the Braves,
1: okay. so I didn't teach exactly. I actually um, just helped out a little bit with baseball. Okay, you know, like instructions, a little bit of coaching, and, yeah, instruction, a bit of coaching, okay. and stuff like that. You know, because I again, I wanted to get myself out there a little bit more, and not just be you know cooped up in a house or you know just leaving the world alone, just being normal, being to myself. So I mean, it, honestly, this, this is just a couple years back though too. It's just like um, you know, just being around the game in general. You know, this makes me feel good, and just yeah. seeing kids. You know, play again. So it's just like you know, there's got to be a way eventually. You know that I can possibly say something. But it was like, who will listen to me? You know what I mean. That's how I always felt. It's like, but I realized too is like I actually you know it's it's a great opportunity to be able to go to you know to, again to play on a collegiate level and uh, play in baseball. So it was like I didn't, in a way I realized I, I realized I needed to have more confidence in myself when it came to you when it came to you know really helping younger generations out and uh just being around the game so it was like honestly me going back to high school you mm-hmm. know really helped a lot and just you know just being around kids and just realizing like man this game is fun and you know it was like you know if a kid wants me to help him out why not you know right.
0: i don't mind giving back that's awesome so at what point uh did you start working with the Braves was it a game day staff role with the Braves or how did that come about
1: yeah so it was the game day, um, the game day staff you know so I had the ch- opportunity to work the game day staff and uh, cause I actually have um, um, I actually knew somebody that was working up here and uh I was just like, hey, you know, just, just just get my foot in the door, you know, yeah. you know, to be around the sports. It's like can can um, ask for anything better than that, it's just to be around the sports, and it doesn't matter what what um, job description it is. I wanted to be around the sports, and if, again, if I get the chance to make people happy, you know, I think being in the game, being on the game day staff on guest services is a great idea. So uh, that happened a couple of years ago, and uh, just. Uh, Enjoyed it, you know, just being able to talk to everybody. You know, and I think they enjoy seeing me out because it's like, all right, you know, he's out having a good time. It was like, but I enjoy again, my biggest thing was is like being able mm-hmm. to uh, see a smile on their faces and having great conversations, you know, and not thinking about my situation.
0: Yeah. 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 That's awesome. That's great. We're we're so lucky to have so many great game day staff members here. And it just adds to everybody's experience. And I know you certainly did that for a lot of people. I mean, I always look at, you know, God, all of Braves country knows the great Walter Banks. Uh, and it's 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 always amazing when you bring up somebody from game day staff that's been with the Braves for a while. Like, and I on the social media side, you know, a, a conversation somebody will mention a game day staffer or that gave them a great time or great experience, and they'll maybe put a picture up or something on Twitter, or whatever. And then you'll start seeing other fans finding it, and they'll be replying with their same pic like a picture with that same usher same game day staffer from that they met years ago and they talk about them and what a great time what a great experience that so it's 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 just such great work that y'all do down there so so now we're going into what you do now and you're the bill bartholomew fellow of course mr b a uh, hugely influential figure uh with the braves is credited as being the man who brought the braves from milwaukee to atlanta and now you are and The the Bill Bartholomew Fellow. So just tell race fans what that means and what you do here in that fellowship.
1: Right. Yeah. No. So, like, I mean, it's a great honor. Like, I mean, I had the opportunity to learn about Mr. Mr. B and this, like, again, him bringing the Braves down here to you know Atlanta. Uh, you know, having a lot to do with like Bill Lucas, I um, mean Hank Aaron and stuff like that. Like, I really, I mean, it's a it's a special honor. And uh, you know, it's just like the fellowship program is amazing. Like the the fact that I got the opportunity to get the the uh to do the to to be a part of the fellowship program is amazing. Um, I like how we have the opportunity. I have the opportunity to learn about the front office and what we're going through on a daily basis, which people might not ever know. Like the grind the front office actually goes through. I mean, baseball is great now, but I feel like the front office makes it go. Really, like a long ways, and uh, I, I give like I give all the credit to the front office because, like, literally, I grind every day, even off season. You know, it's like your, the preparation for the season before it even starts, and then even after. You know, during during the season too, it's just like you have to stay on top of it at all times. And uh, like again, I'm, I'm the opportunity that I get right now is just to learn everything, soak it all up, and then just really just getting to um, know how many great people are you know within the front office. Um, you know, so many great personalities here and so many great people to know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just networking and getting to know everybody, like, again, just just soaking up as much information as possible. As part of the fellowship, you you kind of go around,
0: you spend a, a certain amount of time with with each department, right? And kind of get to sit in on meetings and learn a little bit about how that department runs. Is that kind of how, how it works?
1: Yes, yeah, you know, so we you spend, you spend about two to three months, you know, Learning about each department, and then also just, you know, Hands-on work, you know. Yeah. You're not just shadowing, but you're also a part of it. So it's just like, you know, this is what we do on a daily basis, and you know, this is like this is this is the preparation preparation we have to do. We have meetings, you know. We're going after it. So yeah, I have the opportunity to learn about each department in two to three months, and even if I'm not part of like, if, even if I'm not a part of a certain department, I'm willing. I mean, I I enjoy the opportunity that we get to be able to learn departments we're not in and, and getting to know that staff and stuff like that so I mean it's just sky's the limit when it comes to like being able to learn about the front office I I mean I'm really appreciative about the program and it's just like
0: yeah yeah
1: and, and I know it's the first year, so it's like I'm, I'm really thankful for being the, the first recipient for the Bill Bartholomew. Well, we couldn't couldn't have
0: picked anybody better. I know that. And I and I can speak for, for y'all, for those out there listening, I can speak to the fact that JT isn't, he's right, he's not just shadowing. So he sat in on a lot of our marketing meetings, in, which is the department I work in, and you've sat in on a few of our social media meetings, which is just a smaller group of us that do all the social media, and you don't just listen like you, you contribute, and I can't remember I can't remember what the post was now I remember we were trying to decide what was going to be the caption for a post and you were said. I think you were actually sitting right there at this table and whatever your suggestion was we were all debating it and then you came up with something and we went that's it. And that's what we actually ended up using was that caption that you came up with. And now it's driving me nuts that I can't think of. I'm going to go back in my notes and find it. But <laughs> but and that's what's that's what's great. You're not just shadowing. You're uh, you're contributing. And um, but more than that, man, it, it, we just all love you around here. I mean, you're just always you're one, you're one of the most positive people I've ever met. You're always smiling. And it's just we're just it's our we're just so lucky to have you here. And uh yeah, and I've already kept you for longer than I said I was going to, <laughs> so I lied. So I'm sorry about that.
1: It's okay. We're both talkers.
0: Yeah, that's right. <laughs>
1: that's what happens. Yeah, you got me real comfortable. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Definitely. Now, again, I, I mean, I love you guys too. Like I tell I think I told people, it's like, man, this is like literally, I mean, I have multiple homes, but like, this is like a second home. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, it helps when you learn, um, work in a culture where everybody's willing to work together, you know, no matter the differences and, you know, willing to get to understand somebody, you know, that might be a little bit more different. Than, you know, they they are, you know, and then again goes back to the you know the ADA, you know, situation where like me, Katie, and Andy is like we might have, you know, we might be a little different, but you know we still have that skill set that you know no different than any other person, and you know, you know I give you know props to the Atlanta Braves for you know being open to giving us you know opportunity to work in the work industry, and you know for us and you know for future people that you know believe you know may not have the confidence on working for a sports industry but you know, it's open, you know, like you guys are open to that.
0: Yeah, I, that's one thing I've learned from y'all that was so great about the panel discussion. I've learned from you. Of course, Katie and I have known each other for a long time now, uh, and I knew her before her. She lost her vision. Of course, she's longtime listeners of this show. Uh, remember we had Katie on. And if, you, if you're a newer listener, you can go back and find that, that show from a few years ago where she tells her story. It's pretty just like JT's. It's pretty incredible. But it's not about and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't feel like it's about offering some sort special opportunity or some or access it's more about just just an equal opportunity you know that's what it's all about just 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 give us a shot right i mean that, exactly. that's what the, the, we, just like you said we've got skills too it would just just give us an opportunity and it's about that and then one thing that i love you really talked about uh during the panel that it it made me feel that much more comfortable as you saying if you have questions about me or my situation or anything just ask me you know i think that's such a big it seems like such a simple thing but it's such a big deal too to just let your your people you're working with you're with every day like hey like you can talk to me just ask me a question like and i'll i'll be happy to talk to you about it and i think that was it takes such courage, and it's it's just well, it just took such courage to do what you guys did and talk to all of us because it. And for all of you out there listening, when I say this was like a panel discussion at a town hall, I mean the whole front office was there, mm-hmm. which is, you know. I don't know, 100, 150 people were there there, maybe 200 people there that day. Right. It was downstairs in the Delta Club, and it was a big room full of people. So just uh, talking to that big room of people like that is, is, at least for me anyways, that's pretty intimidating. You handled it like a pro, <laughs> like it was nothing. But for me, that's pretty intimidating. So kudos to you all for doing that. Well, JT, all right, I've told, held you way longer and I said I was going to. But thank you so much. And I know Brace fans are going to love hearing from you. But, uh, yeah, thank you for taking the time to, to speak with me, man.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you.